are the voyages of the starship Therapize. Its continuing mission, to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. special day for someone here in honor of your 41st metaphorical trip around the Earth's suns. Oh, a gift. How thoughtful, Spock. It's, it's, what is this? A coupon. It is a date voucher for one viewing of the entire A Christmas Prince trilogy to be hopefully cashed in immediately. I am genuinely speechless. A first. Shall we? Why did the queen bring Lady Sophia here now? To help persuade the prince to take the crown? Talk to me. Now you want to talk. You had nothing to say when I needed you in Mrs. Averill's office. I know. I may be expecting and queen, but I'm still a journalist. And right now, my investigation needs your help. I cannot wait to discuss all of this with you, my Vulcan friend. Genuinely, thank you for this gift. Let's start the show. Hi, friends at home. I'm Justine Maston, LMFT, Yogini, writer, researcher, and captain of this particular ship. Welcome aboard. And I'm Laura Sigarski, LMFT, writer, researcher, Spockian first officer, and I'm Verklempt. Just a reminder to listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists. Unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. I must say. Yes. I was, I was a bit surprised that you, you were open to watching not one, not two, but all three of the Christmas Prince films. I wish I could, like, I wish I had some, like, fun story about how I got this idea. <laughs> but I didn't really, other than, like, I was thinking with all of my parts, all the parts of myself, I was like, what would be, like, a fun, cheery activity for mm -hmm. Justine and I that we could just, like, really come together and get down with? Christmas yeah. Prince? Low stakes. Low stakes. Right. Because, like, we have other things that are on our list, like the Vampire Diaries, at some mm -hmm. point when we're emotionally ready or as close as we could be to emotionally ready, the Supernatural finale. Mm. But the thing about the Christmas Prince volumes <laughs> is that you're never not ready to sit down with a nice holiday mug from Kmart <laughs> and watch... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um so well when when i started writing today's intro it came to me that like really what i want to focus on today is gratitude because there's this year my gods people <laughs> this year has just been a, a train wreck full of dumpster fires yeah and still, we have to have 
some stuff in our life that we can point to and go, but here, here's what I do have, mm-hmm. right? Because if, if it's nothing but a train wreck full of dumpster fires, then we get filled with hopelessness. Yes. which And, and that's when depression sets in. Well, and I, I don't think you like meant to go here because I don't know if you've ever seen this film, Snowpiercer. <laughs> uh, is that the one where people get eaten on a train? No, I've never seen it. <laughs> okay, well, I wouldn't recommend it, especially not this year. Um, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't like make that blanket generalization. I really enjoyed Snowpiercer. I think that Snowpiercer is absolutely the movie depiction of like a train of dumpster fires. <laughs> is a well, what I picture from what I've heard, I mean, people love Chris Evans and it's got Chris Evans in it. Mm-hmm. But isn't it like Donner Party on a Train? It's kind of like that. It's like Donner Party on a Train mashed with uh, Parasite. <laughs> Another film I've never seen. Bong Joon-ho directed both Parasite and Snowpiercer. So it makes sense that he would be involved in both of these mashups, but... The real point mm-hmm. that I wanted to make here is that if listeners, <laughs> you have seen Snowpiercer, it is, a, from a technical artistic standpoint, I think it's a wonderful film. I did, I did get a lot out of watching it, and I felt a lot of dread culminating in despair mm. in the watching of this film. And so our intention that we are setting forth today is that this podcast will be the opposite of the Snowpiercer experience, because while it is helpful <laughs> to face harsh realities, we can't just stare into the abyss all day, every day. Because that's not all that there is in life. And if we do just focus on the darkest of dark, we lose our way. Yeah. And, and I want to be really clear as we're talking about gratitude, that I am not talking about one of my most loathed things which is toxic positivity you do loathe it we we are i do i loathe (laughs) it um and that's not what we're talking about here and if you're new to the show hi thank you for coming um and happy thanksgiving Uh, (laughs) or happy harvest day or whatever label you feel most best and authentically defines this day this thursday sure and when i say happy thanksgiving i really do mean like happy giving thanks day that's how i look at thanksgiving i i fanfic it so that none of that horrible shit happened and it's just a day when we are grateful for shit um we could call it grateful for shit day uh <laughs> gfs for short oh wow you never like to shorten things no um, i'm really trying to give here in spirit of the day you are you are you're all you're all about giving on my birthday um (laughs) so toxic positivity if you're new to this idea you are not actually new to this idea you're just maybe new to what to call it um toxic positivity is this whole like uh you see influencers do it a lot or yoga teachers or other wellness people when they're just like but live, laugh, love. Dance like no one's watching. Uh, <laughs> like, and signs you can buy at Bed Bath & Beyond. Like, yeah. that's toxic positivity. Well, and I can't believe that I'm, like, standing up for live, laugh, love. Um, 
Here, I, here it is, though, folks. But you're going to. I'm going to. And what I'm going to say is this. For I think there are some folks out there, perhaps you are this folk of which I am now speaking, for whom you, you feel like live, laugh, love really hits on something that is genuine for you. Because, I mean, okay, it, it, it might. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to think, like, is there another way to define what we're talking about here in terms of toxic positivity? I think for me, the crucial component of it is when you feel like you are forcing yourself mm-hmm. into a place of joy or happiness such that you have to deny the dumpster fires around you. Right. Yeah. It's, um, if I'm, if I'm picking up what you're putting down, Mm -hmm. you don't like the whole idea of like, be, uh, there's this idea, especially in the yoga community that like the energy we put out in the universe is what comes back to us. So if we put out this negative energy in the universe, the negativity will come back to us. So really 2020 is all your fault. Right. That's what that means. <laughs> it is what it means. And it also is often baked into it, this idea that like, well, be grateful for the awful thing that happened to you because then eventually something good happened. Well, and see, now I'm going to challenge you a little bit mm-hmm. because isn't that a little bit what we're talking about when we talk about shittily wrapped gifts? Yes, but I think it, crucially, I don't think we ever to each other or to anyone that we're working with clinically has ever said, feel grateful for the barbed wire wrapping paper. (laughs) No, that's fair. Like, we're never like, find joy in this barbed wire wrapping paper, repurpose it and make a necklace. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, get that tattooed on your arm. Going all the way around. All the way around. The circle of life. Circle of barbed wire life. No, we don't say that. We say, (laughs) well, let's put on some gloves. So that mm-hmm. you don't cut up your hands. Let's move through this really hard and painful and awful wrapping paper. And let's mm-hmm. get to the thing that you can really engage with in a positive way and feel genuine gratitude for. Mm-hmm. Toxic positivity is like, you have to be positive about all of it, including the barbed wire wrapping paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. And and yes, if you are a person who finds true meaning in live, laugh, love, my intention was not to diss you and your feelings. I, I find that 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 shit tends to get thrown at people in a toxic, positive way. Yes. And and what I mean by that is it is forced on others. Right. Like if it speaks to you, mazel. But if I'm having a hard day, don't say live, laugh, love. And then, <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not great. You know, don't tell don't tell me dance like nobody's watching if I'm having a hard time. <laughs> right? Yeah, the other thing that really comes to mind because I grew up in a small a small town that I used to sort of jokingly refer to as like the southernmost northern town, which mm-hmm. feels less funny every day. Um, but I'm just like acknowledging <laughs> that that used to be a thing that I said with a joke. And now I'm like, hmm, this is a th- now it's just a thing. Um, but because I grew up in this small town, there was a lot of country music. Mm. If any of you know me out in my personal life, you will probably be, you know, 
nodding with the understanding sigh, just as the captain did, because I really <laughs> don't like country music. I am here for you. If you yourself enjoy country music to listen to it separately away from me and my ears. <laughs> and so because small town country music, there is the song and I cannot remember the entirety of the song, but like this one line from it is just forever imprinted on my brain. And it goes, God bless the broken road that led me straight to you. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. And so that's my version of Live, Laugh, Love. And listener, if you're like, Spock, how dare I love this song? I salute you. And this is the greatness of art that we can all bring and take different things from it. Mm. I like classic country. Like, I like, I like Donnie Par- Donnie. <laughs> I like Dolly Parton. And uh, Johnny Cash. That's that's what happened. I I combined <clears throat> Dolly Parton and Johnny Cash, and it became Donny. Donny Cash. Now I'm imagining this sort of like two headed alien type situation where they're playing <laughs> one of those guitars that have like two necks. Oh, Devil Went Down to Georgia. That's <laughs> sure. classic. It is. Yeah. So like fair. There is some country music that I'm okay with, like bluegrass. I'm pretty down with. Um, mm -hmm. there's some badass punk covers of, uh, Devil Went Down to Church. Speaking of punk, I want to bring us all the way back around to Christmas Prince. And you might, yes. you might be thinking, Spock, how could the punk movement possibly be involved in the Christmas Prince? And that's where I would say, sit down, friend, and we'll tell you a tale <laughs> of one Amber investigative journalist from New York City. Who sneaks her way to the, what, are, God, what is it? A, a Govian? A Jovian? Aldovian. Aldovian. Sneaks her way into the Aldovian court and always wears her favorite punk rocking foot gear. <laughs> Different colored Blue Chuck shoes. Taylor. Blue Chuck Taylor. Sometimes when she's really feeling spicy, she'll rock a red, but usually it's the blue. <laughs> Yep, and I love that it's this, it's so clearly this point of identity for her. Yeah. And, you know, oh, the royals, they're like, my God. I think what it's is this, <laughs> what is this flat footwear with laces? I do think, I like, I have a vague recollection. It's hard because, like, once you've seen all the volumes of this trilogy, they do start to sort of, like, meld together. Right, because it's it's just it's one long tome with intermissions, <laughs> not unlike the Iliad <laughs> or the Odyssey. <laughs> uh huh. That's right, folks. We just compared the Christmas Trends trilogy <laughs> with one of the greatest works of Western literature. I'll see myself out. <laughs> That's if we could get canceled, we'd get canceled. We'd get canceled. Um, no, but I think they make and the I point. I don't mean the bad kind of cancel. No, 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 no. We mean the friendly kind? I don't know. But I think in the first one, someone makes the point. They're like, how could you be an investigative journalist wearing this, this footwear? <laughs> well, it, it does seem like there's this overarching theme of like, Amber's a fish out of water, no matter where <laughs> she is. That's true. She's quirky and fun, but relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, she wor she works at 
Offbeat magazine. Now beat. <laughs> beat now. Beat now. I don't remember. I just remember how in one of the first shots of Amber, she turns around to talk to her, not one, but two sassy um, outside the mainstream BFFs who work with her. And if you look behind <laughs> her to her calendar, it is totally blank. <laughs> I I am in a secret love affair with the prop department of this movie. <laughs> That's true, you are. Just, oh my god, I I could do an entire blog series on mm-hmm. on each prop. So, fun fact, friends. Long ago, and far away. In a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> um, I I was quite involved in the theater. That's and, true. Uh, that's, and I didn't just act. No, no. Um, I also did all manner of behind the scenes things, including stage management before. But before I rose to being a stage manager, sure. I did shit like props. Well, you had to work your um, way up, you know, builds yeah, character. Right. You don't just show up and they're like, here's your stage manager book, which, <laughs> by the way, it was hard to do that in the 90s. You had to go to Kinko's. Oh, um, anyway. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I, your own I think the prop department went to Kinko's for that sign they have in the third film to announce the birth <laughs> of the royal baby. Oh my god! Yeah, but just like every prop, I'm just like, oh my god, that in the third film, there's this ancient leather book that's oh god, the that's right. family history, and I'm like, I have seen that at Barnes and Noble in the journal section. Yeah. Hmm. Like, I have seen that. <laughs> and the treaty that they sign in the third one with the, the pangolins? Pangolians? <laughs> the pergolas. <laughs> I believe it's pangolians. Yes. Um, but all I could think of was the... No, <laughs> I said it wrong. Because all I can think of is the pangolin. <laughs> Right. It brought us all the coronavirus. That brought all oh, that poor pangolin. Um, they didn't do anything wrong. They're just out there trying to live. Let me look this <laughs> they up. Don't, they don't know they have a deadly virus inside them. Just even like the movie posters for this film. It's just quite something. I think you were right. Panglia. Well, no wonder I thought of the pangolins. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> It looked like what the prop department had done was take a bunch of pieces of paper and like, like ball them up, get them wet, dry them out, and then took some some brown yarn and stitched like five pages. Oh my god! I know, I know how to make that antique-looking paper. You use tea. Oh, that's yeah. They used tea. They, you know, they got they got mm-hmm. you know they filled a pitcher with like maybe like ten bags of Lipton. <laughs> put the crinkle paper in it, let it dry, got out their brown thread that they probably got from Michaels, and they were good to go. Mm-hmm. And then they printed them with some vaguely Bayou tapestry stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's truly isn't amazing series the christmas premise yeah well and he if friends at home you're like i don't understand how these things tie together let me help you 
Sure. Um, this trilogy sparks joy. <laughs> and it it sparks joy because it is it is ridiculous. It is dumb. Yeah. It is bad. It's so bad. And but it is the kind of bad that is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's bad that's just bad. Um but I can't actually think of what is something that is just bad. Um mm-hmm. Because so many things that are bad are wonderful. That's true. You know, it just, there's so much joy that is sparked in me as I talk about the the prop department and the set decoration on this terrible film. <laughs> um, and people have, have written some amazing blogs oh, and really, articles about really beautiful stuff. these movies. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. Just tearing it apart and also, like... How much they loved its existence and the ability to tear it apart. Yeah. And sometimes that's gratitude. I mean, it's interesting because I think that, like, for most of my life, I would have encountered a trilogy like this and been like, get this away from me so, so fast. Really? Oh, no. I mean, I can picture that for I you. I mean, right. Yeah. Especially like a younger me, like 10 years ago when I would have been like, what, mm-hmm. 24? Yeah. 24-year-old me would have been like, what? No. How dare you suggest I watch this film? Um, I, you know, I had a lot of things to work through. But even like right now, <laughs> having watched it and really enjoyed it, I'm hard pressed to sort of name why and how I was able to do that. I mean, I know the how. The how is that I'm your best friend. And being your best friend has allowed me to approach these things that on my own, I would never have been able to access as silly and funny. I would have instead accessed them from the standpoint of this is so terrible and awful. Why are you making fun of unions? This is what's wrong with America. (laughs) Uh, And friends, if you have not watched the entire Christmas Prince trilogy, spoilers, the second one is all about unions. (laughs) It is, and vilifying them, but then sort of, like, sort of them being like, maybe they're okay. And there's this great scene where Queen Amber, because she's the queen now, um, (laughs) I don't know what the queen mother is, the dowager. She's maybe dating the first butler, but they never really come through with that. Like, that doesn't ever reach fruition. No, it doesn't come to fruition. I really was hoping there would be a Christmas Prince 4 this year. Yeah. I mean, if if there was ever a time for an additional Christmas Prince, but... Right. So I'm personally just going to keep on hoping. Um, (laughs) But in the second one, Queen Amber sits down with King Richard. (laughs) (laughs) Easily the most ridiculous fictional King Richard ever, bar none. Um, Fun fact, the actor who portrays him is a classically trained opera singer. (laughs) All that work, all that time, all that energy to become King Richard and the Christmas Prince. Anyway, my, my fanfic is that that man cannot get a job in opera ever again. No, because you'd look at his CV and be like, what? We're not casting you. Like, we're going to get a bunch of 12-year-old girls at this opera. Like, yes, you should put him in an opera. Do you know what the opera needs? Youth. You know what else? They should do an opera <laughs> of the Christmas Prince. <gasps> uh Friends at home, if you're listening, if you yourself are an arranger of opera, <laughs> we in this moment would like to team up with you to write 
A Christmas Prince. The opera. <laughs> the opera. It would get young people in seats. I promise you that it would. You know? Mm-hmm. That would be a whole interesting thing. But anyway, I mean, back to the point that I was going to make. do a musical for sure. Yes. A musical, yes. But like the opera, I feel like it'd be just the perfect like mashing of things. And also, honestly, mm-hmm. it would be very authentic to the operatic tradition because all operas are really just soap operas. Like they're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They're just as ridiculous mm-hmm. as Christmas Prince. <laughs> but they're usually in Italian. And right. somehow that makes it better. Right. Thus, they are elitist and highbrow. At one point, though, <laughs> in Christmas Prince 2, Queen Amber says, and I quote, can't I help with these economic problems? I used to balance the budget at my dad's diner. <laughs> <laughs> and all I can picture now that we're having this conversation is... Something about Rudy's Diner set to the the tune of Caromio Ben. Rudy Diner. Oh my god, that would be really beautiful. Now I, I genuinely want this to happen. I want someone to make the Christmas Prince opera. It would be perfect for like 2022. We're all back together. We can go to the premiere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just a quick before we move on, mm-hmm. uh, this is trademark Starship Therapize. Don't don't try and steal it. We're happy to partner with you, but don't, don't take it and run. We're so happy to partner with you. We're givers. We're very collaborative. <laughs> and we're going to need a lot of help on this because I don't know how to speak Italian. Um, I do know some opera singers, though, and I feel like even if we couldn't pull this out professionally, we could get a couple of professional opera singers to sing one song. That would be so great. Now I'm and now like and this actor who played the Christmas who played King Richard, this could be his like moment. His worlds all come together. Oh, oh, that's so great. I'm so happy for him. I mean, yeah, this, in this alternate, in this real person fanfic that we're writing right now, he is so happy. Mm-hmm. He is sparking all of the joy. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, which circles us back mm-hmm. to, we need shit to be happy about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Genuinely and happy about. Genuinely happy. Not like, grin and bear it. Or mm, like, it yeah. could be worse. I know. Like, no, we need genuine joy. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, which is like humor often accompanies tragedy. Like comedy and tragedy are two sides of a coin. Mm -hmm. And we've got so much tragedy. Um, Yeah, we do. And right. And we're allowed to have joy. But they both need to exist and they both can exist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there are forever memes going around, especially this year, around, you know, let people enjoy things. Yes. You know, don't don't be the person that tells someone that what they're watching or reading or whatever is stupid, which like I mean, I agree with that. Let's let's not shame people for stuff that they like ever. But especially like right now, because you're right, 24 year old you. Had we met 10 years ago, I would have been 31. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I into at 31? <laughs> I don't know. Other dumb shit. 
different dumb shit. But if I had suggested that you, you know, had had we met 10 years ago, because we didn't meet until seven years ago. True. Um, <laughs> if I had said, hey, do you want to come over and uh, watch Die Hard at Christmas? I mean, I would have been down with that. Okay, you need to come up with an example then. I don't that's, know what you would have found to fair. be so stupid. The other thing that I'm just kind of putting together right now at this very moment. So, you know, Christmas Prince brings so much, including the chance to really look inside yourself. Is that <laughs> I think part of what growing up first in a, a very, very solidly suburban, like Minnesota city, and then moving to a smaller town. I think part of what happened for me was... And I don't know if this is the case for the like the adults around me, but my perception of the adults around me were that they didn't get how hard things were. Mm. And how challenging for you things were. you or for life? I think both end. Okay. Um, because there was like a lot of whitewashing, both in terms of like um, ethnic and racial diversity and also in terms of like class struggle. Mm-hmm. And I, as I was growing up, I was like looking around and I was like, I need someone to kind of help me put words to all these things that I'm experiencing that are hard. And instead, mm-hmm. what I feel like I got most of the time was just don't look at that. Eat this, I don't know, McDonald's Happy Meal. <laughs> toxic positivity. You know, what I got instead was like, let's not look at that. Let's let's have this toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and do I think that all the adults around me were doing that? No, I do think it was variations on a theme. But I think mm-hmm. what happened for me then, because I was a precocious kid, was that I then was like, oh, God, like people either just aren't seeing things or they're denying it. And so when I was in my probably like younger 20s, I hadn't worked through that just yet. I was still carrying it around with me. And so anytime I saw in culture a representation of what reminded me of this toxic positivity i rejected Mm -hmm. it completely out of hand i wouldn't even give it the time of the day because i was like oh i know what that is that's an opiate for the masses so they don't have to look at all the dumpster fires (laughs) and we need to look at the dumpster fires and for a while i was like we need to look at them all the time 24 7 and I would just oh, like, oh, Carl, right? And I would just like roll up to people who are trying to like have a chill time, just like watching a movie. And I'd be like, did you know that this film is reifying sexism and racism? <laughs> and they'd be like, why are you doing this right now? And I'd be like, you should listen. <laughs> Which was pretty awful. Yeah, I I mean, I hear that and also like we don't know what we don't know till we know it. Yeah. Totally. And it and and sometimes, I mean, to be fair, even now, sometimes I have to tell you like we're going we're going to watch this without doing any of that. <laughs> yes. This this thing needs to be watched without any we're we're not going to do any commentary. We're just going to watch this and accept it for exactly what it is. And I'll be like, you mean I shouldn't bring out the Hegelian Marxist master-slave dialectic lens? And you'll be like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that right now. And you know, then we have a negotiation <laughs> about like, can we do that later with something else? And usually the answer is yes. 
Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, no, this is a thing that I really love. Yeah. And I know that you're going to have a big feeling about it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I need you to not have that big feeling right now. <laughs> or like, like have it, but like, don't do the thing that I used to do where I would just like, I would do like drive by shock therapy criticism. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. I'm not I'm not telling you not to have feelings. No, but you are saying like please don't do drive-by shock therapy criticism. I just want to enjoy Emily in Paris. <laughs> For what it is. And I think that's been one of the really important things that I've learned from you is how to how to like meet a piece of art where it's at and enjoy it mm-hmm. for what it is. And then just like play with it and be silly. Mm -hmm. Like even as a kid, I was a very, in many ways, like serious player. I took it very seriously. Because that was the Vulcan in me. Right, right. And that, I get that because you you like logic. And logically, (laughs) this, this film should... Like, logically, a Christmas prince should not be watched. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This is a made-up country with made-up noblemen and uh, props purchased at Barnes & Noble. Like, this (laughs) this shouldn't be watched. (laughs) Also, as an aside, what was happening with those donuts? Remember the scene in the third (laughs) film where she, like, jokes about, like... Uh, like how pregnant women can get diabetes when they're pregnant, which I was like, wow, that's a joke, but okay, Christmas prints, we're rolling with it. So what I I really focused on instead was the donuts that she was eating. Mm -hmm. They did not look like they were real food. Often stage food is not real food. But like she was biting into one. So that's my question. Like, what did she bite into? Did she just like spit it over the railing after each take? Like what was happening there? Probably. Hard, hard to know. <laughs> hard to know. Or, I mean, maybe they filmed that scene a bunch of times and those donuts are just like two days old now. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... They're like, you want your check, opera boy? Bite it again. Bite it again. Hollywood is cruel. It is, right? <laughs> Actually, I mean, I don't know who Netflix is affiliated with. I don't know, I don't know if you'd actually call it Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they would. I'm sure they'd be quite pleased to know that we were equating them with Hollywood. <laughs> um, actually, the 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 lead in this, uh, Rose McIver. I'm who plays really Amber. impressed that you know her full name. Um, she was on a super cute CW show called I Zombie. Oh, that's right. She was. Mm-hmm. I did know that. Yeah. 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 The show is just, it was really cute. I never finished it, but the bits of it I watched, I was like, this is really cute. I mean, it's about zombies, but it's like really cute about zombies. <laughs> you know, and I just did like a quick Google image search and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, Rose has really had to endure some terrible hair. <laughs> In her career they, so far. I mean, it, it, she's been put through the ringer of peroxide. Yeah. Yeah, she has. God. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, I get it because she was she's been working on shows, it looks like for most of her career, where there was no chance that she was going to be able to get a wig. I mean, the Avengers mm. have millions of dollars and they couldn't. I mean, we've all seen Scarlett Johansson's wigs. None as as bad as Thor's in the first film. Oh, that's true. This was mm-hmm. pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, and the dye job they did on his eyebrows. My God. I just don't. You are Marvel Comics. <laughs> I don't understand. They had the money. But at any rate, no. They had the money. She couldn't. I mean, it, I shudder to think what her wig would have looked like if she'd gone with that. So no, like she took one for the team. It looks like every time and dyed the shit out of her hair. And that's probably why when you mm-hmm. look at her hair in A Christmas Prince, she has those little like wispies on the sides mm-hmm. because it's fallen out and broken so many times. <laughs> <laughs> the second film is the worst. Her hair yeah. is terrible. It somehow got worse. I don't know how that happened. Like perhaps she's unwell. Maybe she isn't getting enough vitamins. <laughs> Maybe. God. Wherever you are out there, Rose, I hope that you are leaning into vitamins. You know? Yeah, me good, too. A good multi, a and B12. This, and you know, if <laughs> if we were a podcast that had sponsors, this would be a perfect spot to put in a plug. For those daily vitamins. For like sugar bear hair. And we could, you know, be our, part of our own version of, of sugar bear hair gate with all the vitamins. Mm. For now, what I would say is just get yourself a standard, a standard multi, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do an athletic multi. Well, I mean, you need that now. You're out there working hard, lifting the weights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were joking. Lifting weights. Which... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say we were joking before we got on today that you can now lift the the equivalent in weight of a second grader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't, I mean, that doesn't sound so impressive when you say it like that, actually. Oh. Well, I mean it to sound impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because I was a really tall second grader. I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's a child. Who can't lift a child? Uh, <laughs> um but anyway yes the that brings us to another thing which is something that sparks joy for me which is working out mm-hmm. and i know that that doesn't spark joy for everybody and that's cool i'm not going to try and get other people to work out if that's not your jam Mm-mm. but that finding things that spark joy are so important mm-hmm. and they can they can be big they can be small um and then and then having gratitude for that stuff yeah and i mean like i don't want to get too far down this road because it does end in a dumpster fire so i'm gonna more like gesture towards this road which is that i think it is true for all of us regardless of what are not just like copes but regardless of like what sparks joy for us i think part of what's been so hard about the pandemic is that it has really limited access to things that on a regular basis spark joy. Yeah, that's real. And that's, you know, the Christmas prince is here for you. (laughs) Is what I want to say, because it, it, you know, the Christmas prince is available. It's available. And so Mm -hmm. is the record of our live tweets. Tweets. Yes. Our live tweets. (laughs) Because last night when we watched it together, well, when this goes, it won't be last night. We did it on Saturday, November 21st, starting at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. 
you've broken the fourth wall. I know. It's happened. <laughs> Stay with me here, folks. Um, but you can go back on Twitter if you follow both the Captain of I, or I really, whichever one of us you follow, follow both of us now. But you'll be able to see the record of our moment-by-moment moment responses to volumes two and three. <laughs> Which may also spark joy yeah. for you. Right. Yeah. No, you bring up such a good point, which is there there are things, activities that we typically would be doing that we can't do. And we'll, we'll be talking more specifically about like gathering together stuff yeah. in our next up um, or the lack of gathering together stuff in mm -hmm. our next up. Um, but I'm I, I yeah, I invite folks to. I mean, obviously, grieve the loss of the stuff you can't do right now mm -hmm. and and then ask the question, what is it about that thing that sparks joy and how can I how can I mimic? How can I do some <clears throat> sort of side quest Aww. that's similar? Yes. <laughs> And I would, you know, what I would put right next to that, too, is spend some time really thinking about what are the things that you would be engaging with at Spark Joy that you would be doing regardless of what mm -hmm. version of the multiverse you found yourself in. And honestly, like that was a huge that was a huge component of like why it was so much fun to like, mm -hmm. watch the Christmas Prince together, because we would have done that. No matter what. Sure. You know? And it reminds me of the conversation mm -hmm. you and I had. I don't remember what day it was, but it was during like that. There have been so many long weeks in 2020. It was during the <laughs> long week where we were waiting to see what was going to happen with the presidential race. Sure. And I appreciate that in some ways we're still in that place, but it's a slightly different place. So we're going to go to that week. <laughs> the week where there were still a lot of question marks. I remember I called you mm -hmm. when I was going out on my long walk and we did some like being together and looking at the, the voting abyss, but then we transitioned mm -hmm. at about halfway through and we talked about the supernatural finale or what we had been spoilered on in terms of the supernatural finale. Well, not the finale. It was the, it was the third to last app. Mm, the third to last so app. Whatever whatever that's called. I know the second to last is penultimate. Yeah. And I, I third to last has another name, but I don't know what the fun <laughs> name is, which honestly fits with the way we were spoilered for the third to last step. Um, Cause it didn't feel fun. <laughs> but what I remember saying to you near the end of our conversation was that I really appreciated it because I knew that no matter what we would have always been talking about mm. that. And it just felt familiar in a really safe way yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's real because i i was i was like can i can i vent about this thing for a minute and i was like oh god please do <laughs> i was like i got i got spoilered i know what happens can i tell you and can i tell you why i'm mad <laughs> yeah um but yeah i absolutely we would have been having that conversation no matter what Mm -hmm. was happening in the world yeah. i i mean i if the world was different i probably would have watched it live <laughs> probably but 
That's not where we're at. No. But uh, like, it, regardless, yes, we would have engaged with fandom no matter what. Yeah. And yeah, it might have looked different. Like our Christmas Princeathon could have been in person, right? In a in another universe, mm-hmm. but the the content didn't change. We still watched a Christmas Prince. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and we still yeah. were silly with it and made jokes about it mm-hmm. and cringed while laughing at most of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what is, what is transferable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right, because we can, we can drive ourselves absolutely out of our minds thinking about everything we can't do or can't have or can't, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that makes me think of confirmation bias. Oh, interesting. Say more. Yeah, which I don't know. I can't remember if we talked about this on the show before or not, but we definitely wrote anyway. about it in our book. Yeah, we definitely did. Which you um, can pre-order, friends. Yeah. Just look at those liner notes. Pre-orders are there for you. <laughs> oh, and you know what? The holidays are coming. Why don't you go ahead and get yourself one and a couple for your friends? That's right. And family. <laughs> you can get them an IOU one book for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um. No, the idea of confirmation bias is when we believe something, especially about ourselves, Mm -hmm. and then because of this belief, we kind of select all the examples that feed into that belief, that are examples of that belief. Mm -hmm. So if I believed about myself that I was boring, then every time people looked away from me when I was talking, I'd be like, see? They think I'm boring. Sure. Or, you know, if if people didn't comment immediately on my social posts, I'd be like, see, I'm boring. Right. Um, but when you do that, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm boring. That was that was just an example. No, that was why um, it was a good example. <laughs> <laughs> but when I do that, I'm kind of I like to think of it in terms of coins because that makes sense to me. Hmm. If it doesn't make sense to you, that's you can that's take fine. this. Just, just write along. You can take with this analogy right and leave it. Yeah, but like, <laughs> so it's like every time the every time the world confirms using yeah. air quotes my belief that I'm boring, I put a I put a coin on the side of the scales mm. that confirms I'm boring. Sure, but all the time I'm ignoring those things that disconfirm mm-hmm. that I am boring. So there's like this huge pile of coins that I never pick up and I never put on the scale. Mm-hmm. And if I pick those up and put them on the scale, they would probably actually way outweigh the side of the scale that confirms my boringness. Mm-hmm. So you can think about this back to my original point that if all we do is think of all the terrible, mm-hmm. right? If our belief is that, you know, our life is is awful and unchangeable, mm-hmm. then we're going to keep selecting those coins for life being awful and unchangeable. And we're ignoring the coins that say, here are some things that are actually neutral to good. Right. Here are some unique outcomes. 
to borrow from yeah, narrative here's therapy. Some, mm-hmm, right. Here are some times when the thing was not what you expected. Mm-hmm. And if we're able to do that, it, do, it allows just a little bit more space. Yeah. So I, I would invite folks at home to pay attention to, I mean, A, what's the story you're telling? Mm-hmm. Right. What, what is the belief that you have? Many of us have the belief that 2020 is a dumpster fire. And that's OK. That mm-hmm. we can believe that. And also, let's also pay attention to unique outcomes. When was yeah. the time 2020 was not a dumpster fire? Mm-hmm. Um, because for you and I, it, it's hard for us to remember. Yeah. But I have to keep coming back to it. We, we got our book picked up in 2020. We did. And then we wrote it in 2020. It's so and wild. And it is currently in the publishing phase. In it is. 2020. In 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Our book is in pre-sales. It went from getting picked up mm-hmm. to being in pre-sales all in 2020. Something we've been working for for the past three plus years. Yeah. Mm. Like, holy shit. Yes, 2020 is a dumpster fire. And also this happened. Like, that, that's a big pile of coins that goes into the exceptions pile. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. So, friends at home, what's in your exception pile? I was, going, I was going back and forth in my mind as I was listening to you. I was also listening to you, and I was thinking, because mm-hmm. um, I'm having some memories that are coming up for me right now, and I'm like, oh, which ones would be... Basically, mm-hmm. which ones could I share... That wouldn't lead me to completely start sobbing because that would not be <laughs> in the spirit of a Christmas prince. Because a Christmas prince can make you feel a number of things, but if you're sobbing while you're watching a Christmas prince, that means that there are things that are happening for you that you probably need some support with. Right. Those are unrelated to a Christmas yes, prince. Yes, they are not related. They are totally unrelated, and you deserve to have care and support around them. Because um, there's nothing mm-hmm. in a Christmas prince that, like, in and of itself, should spark like that strong of an emotion, unless that emotion is, I don't know, maybe disgust. Because <laughs> there are some things, there are some things in a Christmas prince that are like oh, a little rough. But even then, like, it's not. It's not a series it's about it. It's not weep-worthy. No, it's not weep-worthy. Not in the slightest. So I think the story that I'm going to share is this. Um, because both me and my partner are differently abled, we have spent a lot of time already, though we're not in many ways that old, but we've already spent a lot of time in and out of hospitals. Mm. And if any of not you... Not this year. Not this year. And actually, not in the last couple of years, but early on mm-hmm. in our, from our mid-20s until about 30, we spent a fair amount of time every year in and out of hospitals. And for mm-hmm. any listeners who have also spent some time in hospitals, and I know that you have too, mm-hmm. they at best are a like bummer. Of an atmosphere, <laughs> of a vibe. That is, that is at best a bummer. <laughs> at best a bum- bummer. So if you're spending longer than like three hours in a hospital, it starts to impact you. And so you're going to need mm-hmm. to find ways to help yourself cope. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and on at least for me, my experience has been like the lighter, the better. So there was one particular hospital's day where every time I would go down to the hospital cafeteria, which, yes, was as rough as it sounded in terms of food, probably a lot like those stale mm-hmm. donuts that Rose was eating for the third <laughs> Christmas Prince. But every time I'd go down there, I'd try a different piece of cake. They had like, I don't know, 20 different pieces that were out. And I'd bring it back up Mm -hmm. and I'd be sitting down with my partner and and I would take a few bites and he'd be like, is that one any better? (laughs) And I would say on a good day in the hospital with one of these cakes, I'd be like, it's about the same as the others. But on a rough day, I'd be like, somehow this is worse. (laughs) Oh, But I got the yeah. cake every single time, not because it was going to taste good. It never was. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it felt like reaching for hope. And it also Aww. was just like a fun and silly thing for a partner and I to process and talk about mm-hmm. and be with that had nothing to do with the bummer of being in the hospital again. And... I think the Christmas Prince is better than that hospital cake. (laughs) And I'm also aware that I think that right now because I have been fortunate enough during this pandemic that while there have been some really hard things that I've sat through with folks, I haven't been directly impacted by it such that I've lost someone to Mm. the coronavirus yet. And if you're a listener Mm. and you have then I think Christmas Prince might just be your hospital cake Mm. where it's not going to bring a ton of joy, but it'll be Mm. a silly thing that you can spend some time with. That'll be a break, hopefully from a lot of the hard stuff. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that. I, I can just very easily like slip into a memory of of being yeah. at a hospital and being in the cafeteria. <laughs> that's that's a real easy slip of the memory for me. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Um and it made me think of I mean, I th- it feels like we're in a we're in a sharing mood, you know, mm-hmm. it's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um so my <laughs> um as as we mentioned at the top of the show it's my birthday um technically my birthday is the 23rd so by the time you hear this it will have already been my birthday but it's still um, your but birthday i shared week. my birthday with my dad yeah hmm? i said it's still your birthday yeah. week it is still my birthday week um yeah and it's which is always so cool like when you share a birthday with with someone in your family but that's not something you ever talk about like so someday yeah. This very special day is going to become very complicated. Um and so it's I mean it's been 11 years. I I can feel people at home having a feeling and like it's okay. It's been 11 years. But there but there is still a feeling there, yeah. right? And when particularly right after he passed, mm-hmm. all I wanted to do was go home and watch Lord of the Rings. And this was 11 years ago, right? I didn't have the language for why. Yeah. I just wanted to go home and watch Lord of the Rings. And I could, and it was hard for me to even express it to anyone because, you know, it's, I was 
I was 29. Like, it was a little weird to be like, so I just want to go back to Minnesota and, like, watch a movie about hobbits. Uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but now I know that what I needed was fandom attachment. Um that that this was a universe that both my dad and I loved and so I could in a way be close to him. Um and that even though it would be hard to watch that it would that it would spark the kind of emotional comfort that I needed. Um, so I know we've been talking a lot about sparking joy, but also, I mean, sparking comfort. Yeah. Feeling, feeling emotionally held. You know? Um, and, and so maybe, maybe Christmas Prince isn't the thing that's going to do it. Cause maybe you need something just a little bit, a, a little bit cozier. Yeah. You know, I, you know, a little Christmas bit more Prince substantial like a, maybe. Yeah, you know, Christmas Prince is like a a, a cozy couch. Mm-hmm. But like maybe you don't need a cozy couch. Maybe you need like a California king size <laughs> bed with <laughs> with a weighted blanket with fifteen pillows and a weighted blanket. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would invite you to give yourself permission to do that. And you know, today if you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, like every year, the mystery science theater, 3000 people do a marathon. Oh, they do. Don't they? Mm hmm. And I, I don't know if they do it purposefully, Sure. but to me, it just, it's like, okay, everybody, we know this can be a hard day. Here's some comfort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that we have, come full circle no but i feel like this has been a wonderful path and journey to walk through um Mm -hmm. because in addition to this idea of the christmas prince as having something to be light and playful and silly with is Mm -hmm. thinking about what are some of the 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 fandom attachments that you have that you want to revisit yeah because they do Mm -hmm. they give that comfort they give that safety. I do. Um, and that can look like so many things. Um, one of the ways that it can look like is revisiting old video games. So we're talking about revisiting mm-hmm. an old movie or TV show or book or video game right now. Those of you who follow me on Twitter will know that I am playing through the Dragon Ages. Mm-hmm. And... God, when did I start playing those? Probably like four years ago. I was a little bit late to the Dragon Age party, but once I got there, I was like, I'm home. This is my place. These are my people. (laughs) And it's been really, it's been so comforting and so helpful because I started just before um, November 5th when we all voted. It was, it's been really helpful to have that really comforting and predictable place to go back to this cast of characters, this predictable game, this place where I can feel like, look, I'm, I'm doing things and making progress in this game. Even if I feel like I don't know what that's going to look like IRL, I know what it looks like in dragon age. So we really just invite you folks to surround yourself with the characters that give you that sense of safety, that comfort, that joy, that silliness. Mm-hmm. We all need that. Yeah. yeah. And you get to decide, and it may change 
Mm -hmm. very quickly how much or how little attachment you want. Like, I mean, that, that's part of what I love about these dumb Netflix movies <laughs> is that I'm not attached to them. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like, you know, when you used to be able to travel when that was allowed mm. um, and safe. Mm -hmm. Safe enough. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Ram enough. Ram enough. Uh, <laughs> you know, you'd go to like a, I don't know, you'd be in a hotel having dinner mm -hmm. and you know you're mm. there by yourself and the person next to you is there by themselves and like maybe you strike up a conversation and talk about something dumb for yeah. 10 minutes and it's that kind of like it's nice to have another human to interact with yeah that was fun to learn about them for a minute i may never see them again and you know what that's okay but it was nice for that moment mm -hmm. and and that's kind of what i like about those netflix movies because I, d I don't have strong attachments to these characters it's not like the way that i feel about gandalf and frodo no. the way that i feel about amber moore and king richard like I no but and i love <laughs> that you brought in that irl example because i think what it does so beautifully is that it also says that while we're not super invested in amber and king richard and princess emily and Bless you, actress who played the Borg Queen. I cannot remember what your name was in The Christmas Prince. <laughs> and she was the witchy lady in Ten Inch Hero. She was. She truly has done so much. Um, <laughs> is it while I'm not super invested in them? Mm -hmm. I do care about them. Like, I want them to be okay. Yeah. Like, I want, I, like, whatever that looks like for them, I want them to be okay. In the same way that, like, a passerby or like a random person that I, I in the before times I'd like talk to in the line at La Colombe. Oh God. Yeah. That's hard. Anyway, like <laughs> I really miss that. And I really did like mm -hmm. those like 20 seconds I'd have with another random human. Like I wish them the best. I want them to be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It, it kind of, it fills a little mm -hmm. bit that spot. Yeah, that spot that used to just talk to people. I mean, even yeah, even if you friend at home is not, not someone who would spark up a conversation in a cafe. Mm -hmm. Like my guess is, if you were in line at a convention, you'd wind up talking to the people in front of you or behind you. Oh yeah, especially if you're in line for a real long time, like mm -hmm. those San Diego Comic Con lines, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the, those are some those are some just great moments and memories and sometimes we connect with those people and we get their instagram information and we still like their pictures three years mm -hmm. later real real example um and sometimes we spend an entire day hanging out with yeah. someone whose information we never get and so it was only just that moment mm -hmm. um mm. and that just it it that fills a space and so i i'm in, i'm inviting friends at home to use a little bit of um a therapeutic tool called reframing yeah and if you are in therapy your therapist has done this they i don't sure need have. to say may have i can say that they have yes <laughs> this, is so this is one of those foundational techniques that all therapists do just like therapeutic joining and the act of mm -hmm. listening <laughs> if you've had ev even one session with a therapist, they have reframed something for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
and you know the the concept is exactly what it sounds like you know you come in and present something like mm-hmm. i i am so depressed all i can do is watch christmas movies yeah and and i would reframe it and say it it sounds like you're finding watching christmas movies really soothing right now yeah and the beautiful thing about the what the reframe is designed to do is it's designed to start making space that the confirmation biases have narrowed. So mm-hmm. when often when I'm reframing something for someone, it's not that I'm trying to like convince them of anything. Mm-mm. I'm really not. I'm inviting them to take a step back from whatever the confirmation bias is and notice some other things that are just as real as the fact that they're feeling in your example, really, really sad right now. Mm -hmm. And you get the opportunity to do these reframes for yourself. Yeah. So if you notice that you're saying, I'm, I'm so depressed. All I can do is watch Christmas movies. Like, Whoa, Hey, I'm going to challenge that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, I acknowledge that I am feeling sad. Are these Christmas movies helping? How wonderful yeah. that you have you have found a coping skill that works for you and you are putting it into practice. Yeah. Damn. By hanging Look out with you. old friends. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you hanging out with your friends. Whether they be your your longtime hardcore, you know, BFFs like the Fellowship of the Ring or your laissez-faire <laughs> convention friends. <laughs> right, like uh, Queen Amber. <laughs> they they all they all have a role huh? and they all <laughs> have a purpose. Yeah. You know, our our long-time deep friendships are meaningful and so are are these more fleeting less mm-hmm. deep friendships yeah. that don't have high as high of stakes yeah they all make up the tapestry of our community and mm-hmm. we need community right now more than ever yeah yeah oh well that feels like such a nice spot to to start closing out for today it does that was a beautiful conclusion i'm very i'm very <laughs> proud of us <laughs> Oh, me too. All right. So what's uh, what's some of the stuff that we talked about today, if our friends are interested in learning more? Um, we talked about gratitude as opposed to toxic pos- mm-hmm. positivity. Um, we explored the concept of confirmation bias. We talked about unique outcomes, which is looking for exceptions. And we talked about mm-hmm. reframing. And, of course, fandom mm-hmm. attachments. It would not be an episode of the Starship Therapies without some fandom attachments. It's true. Well, and we and we brought up a little therapeutic fan fiction too. We, we did. did a little mm-hmm. we did a, we did a little therafic with our <laughs> with our friend King Richard sure. and his opera career. Oh, we sure <laughs> did. God, that sparks so much joy. <laughs> <laughs> and we really kept well, it to and- a Christmas prince in terms of fandoms and Snowpiercer. Oddly enough. <laughs> and Supernatural came up, which yeah. is not 
at all surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that just came into my head and I'm like, we didn't name this, but what we're talking about is play. Yeah. Like a big part of what we're talking about is play, is allowing ourselves to be playful, to engage with play. You know, so much of what we do is really adult play therapy. Yeah. Um, so I just, we don't need to go down that road any further. I just wanted to to name it because you know what? It's okay to play and it's it, playing is great. We may be at the helm of the ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song and recently got married. Congratulations. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat-Dothy, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. You may be an engineer and a dog parent, but you're first and foremost an investigative journalist, just like Amber Moore. (laughs) Join us for our next ep, Sad Gatherings. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the very best way that you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and especially review us on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to tell your friends. Also, just a reminder that our book, Starship Therapies, Using Therapeutic Fan Fiction to Rewrite Your Life, is now available for pre-order from your favorite booksellers. So order yourself a copy, or two, or three, and share the news with your social networks. And as always, friends, live Live long long and and prosper. prosper. Thank you.